Every religion has rituals. Over time, these rituals become habits. We often go through the motions like some, some sort of spiritual zombie. It's when we lose sight of the meaning and just go through the motions that we build towards our very own spiritual zombie apocalypse. We are born to choose, and our choices reflect the side we choose in this great controversy between the devil and God. Even Joshua recognized that choice determines how people will survive. So choose you this day and every day to come, why and how you will worship. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. I'm Andrew Campbell and this is Sabbath School University. So welcome. Now we have three guests and I'm going to give you today the freedom to tell our viewers whatever you would like to tell them. So it's, it's all you. Okay, my name is Guilherme Borda. I am from Brazil, from the city of Rio de Janeiro. I'm studying theology at Andrews University. And one interesting thing about me is that I have a twin brother. We oh. are identical twins. All right. Yeah. All right. So uh, I, don't, I'm, I don't know if I've seen him or well, only if you. If one day you see him <laughs> and you think it's me, if I don't, you know, greet you, don't think I'm unpolite. Okay. You know. okay. <laughs> it's probably your brother. <laughs> I got you. Uh, my name is Ricardo Barif. Uh, I don't have a twin brother, but um, I have a brother who looks just like me. <laughs> I'm studying at a seminary, and it's uh, a pleasure to be here, and uh, hope we can uh, uh, learn something new from today's study. Okay. My name is Melissa Butler, and I'm originally from Oregon, um, but came here to study at Andrews, and now that I've graduated, I'm working for the university in the religion department, and um, I don't have a twin, but I always wanted one. Okay. Okay, <laughs> and you were born someplace interesting, right? Yes, I was born in Africa, in the country of Tanzania. All right, very nice. <laughs> okay, um, Ricardo, before we begin, can you read our key text and pray for us, please? Sure. The key text is taken from Micah 7, verses 18 and 19. It says, Who is a God like thee, who pardons iniquity and passes over the rebellious act of the remnant of his possession? He does not retain his anger forever but he delights in unchanging love. He will again have compassion on us. He will treat our iniquities underfoot. Yes, thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for giving you the opportunity to come back here today and learn some stuff new. Um, we just ask you if you just bless we, Allah we, and make your spirit just enlighten me and make everybody who are listening and everybody who are watch learn something from your word. Amen. 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 I noticed the Jamaican part was really coming through strong. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're talking about the Day of Atonement, um, uh, an event that we find in the book of Leviticus, chapter, chapter 16. Um, <coughs> start us out by defining atonement. How do you define Atonement. Well, you have in the Bible this concept of atonement when you have the sinners, humanity, we are in sin, 
and now you have this sacrifice that is going to be for atonement or for forgiveness or to cleanse you from your sins. Okay. So basically that's what it is. Okay. It's it's to to clean you to 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 forgive you uh from your sins. Okay. Any other attempts to define atonement? Well, the literal uh word is uh what we say kippur kapar is uh really means to cleanse. Okay. And and so that's the literal meaning of atoning means a cleansing. Okay. And if you break it into three parts, it's at one meant. Yeah. And um, true atonement is at one meant with God. Yeah. Yeah, you, you take the concept that sin has separated us from God, and atonement is the process of bringing us back together. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's uh, obviously something that's very important, right? Why, why is it important for us to be united with God again? Why, why can't we just stay separated from God? <laughs> Well, well, you can, <laughs> and uh, the reality is that um, a lot of people, sadly, will remain separated from God, and which is not what God wants, hmm. and um, it's it's a strange act for for God to be separated from His people, um, and and so the reality is that some people will be separated from God, but uh, we don't want to be separated, okay. because it is. God that gives us life and sin separates us from God and when we're separated from God if you're separated from the source of life then you're going to die okay and so if we want to live um, not just in this life but live forever um, which is what we were created for in the beginning we have to be reconnected to to God reconnected to the source of life so that is why it's important for us to be atoned okay to be at one with God okay so when we talk about atonement we're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about salvation. We're talking about all of these concepts together, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, um, how is atonement achieved? You need blood. The only way to achieve cleansing of sin is through blood. Now, why, 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 why does the Bible put this emphasis on you know blood? Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Mm-hmm. What does this blood represent? It represents life. And, and, and we, we, we understand from the Bible, it's very clear from the book of, of Romans, for example, and it's very clear from the book of Genesis that sin demands death okay. because that's the wages of sin. So you need life to be taken. You need the blood to cleanse from the sins. And that's the whole point of the system, the sacrificial system in the Old Testament and also of the cross of Jesus Christ. Okay, so you're saying once there is sin, whoever has sin needs to die, and the whole idea of blood means, you know, it's representative that that person must die. Yeah. Okay. It, it, because the scripture says life is in the blood. Um, uh, I give an analogy. If if you walk inside um, this room and uh, you see a lot of blood mm. on the floor, the immediate question that comes to your mind is. Someone must have died. Who here. died? Yeah. See, because life is in the blood, but the body is only alive if blood is in the body. Okay. If the blood is not in the body, then it's death. So okay. the blood that is spilled remi- means that it's death, even though life is in the blood. So, so for one to be atoned for, for one to 
pay for our sins because we're just sin is dead. The blood has to um, be poured out of His body. Okay. And that is why through Christ we get new blood because the blood that you have um, doesn't carry life. So you need that new blood to bring that that life. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see. So um, you s- you said that you need blood, right? But okay, take me a little further through this process. When we say how is atonement achieved? Okay, you need blood, but what else? What else is necessary in order to get atonement? Well, when when a person would let's say the first case, for example, with Adam and Eve, they sinned, mm-hmm. and then uh, God came to them and talked to them, and then uh, they received the condemnation, and now they have to die. But God didn't want to kill them, and so. The first time there's a sacrifice of an animal to represent Jesus Christ that would come. And later when God has this nation of Israel, now then he establishes this sacrificial system with them after the they, they left Egypt. There was already sacrifice, but now he presents to them in very much uh, detail this system of sacrifice. And they had several elements in that process. They had the offering of sacrifice um, it could be a lamb it could be a bird it could be a bull and they had also fire mm-hmm. they had uh the altar they had the, the 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 tabernacle they had the priests so all those different elements were involved but to the bottom of the question those were actually symbols okay because they represent uh the whole process of Jesus Christ coming and being our sacrifice and he is our priest and he is our God he is our advocate he does that he works in that process to atone for us Mm. to cleanse us from our sins because the blood of the animals cannot really cleanse us it is a symbol for the blood of of Christ that cleanses us for the sacrifice of Christ. Wow. So it's really one of the ways that God is teaching us about what is really going on behind the scenes, how to interpret the cross, uh, what Jesus is really doing for us. It's mm-hmm. not that Hebrews tells us that, that yes. it's not really the actual blood of the goats exactly. and bulls. And exactly. Okay. Um, so you need, you said we need blood, but uh, in Leviticus you also need a priest, right? And and you go to the priest in the sanctuary. What happens there? Okay, if to like give a nutshell of what happened, okay. it's like w- what we call the the day of atonement. Um, the Jews still celebrate it today as um, Yom Kippur, mm-hmm. um, somewhere in between September and October. And uh, <coughs> what would happen is that the priest would come. He would at first he would offer us a bowl for himself to purify himself. He would go inside and the the sanctuary the most holy place and sprinkle that offering then he comes out and he has two goats one is the large goat and one is called the Azazel okay. and he would take the large goat he would go and kill it and go inside the sanctuary and confess the, all the sins that are in the sanctuary because throughout the year um, people confess their sins and in a symbolic way that's transferred to the sanctuary and so the priest would on this day um, the priest would confess all those sins over the goat, um, the the um, and, and that would be a way of cleansing the sanctuary and cleansing all the sins that have been um, adding up, adding up all through all the days, every day throughout the year, uh, on that day of atonement. Yeah, 
Now, you said something interesting. You said that the sin is transferred to the sanctuary. Now, I'm going to ask a- an honest question that I know many people would ask. Why does the sin have to be transferred to the sanctuary? Why can't the sin just go away? I mean, let's let's just forgive the sin. Why not why be taking the sin from one place to another? Why why have it transferred? Well, well, sin is not <laughs> sin is not a vapor. Okay, you know, it, it's not a vapor. It, it's 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 an act, and and sometimes we think it's it's just you know an an ordinary stuff. Sin is terrible, and it degrades us. It it not only affects human being, it affects the entire planet. It affects animal. It affects okay. the entire earth. So, sin sin is something real. Uh-huh. And so when when a person confesses his sin. And and the the priest takes the blood and sp- and, and sprinkles it in the in the in the sanctuary, um, in a symbolic way. The record of that person sins okay. is transferred to the sanctuary. Because in one of our study we did a, 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 a on the 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 records and the atonement and the judgment. Okay. And uh, so the sin is transferred to the sanctuary, and the record is there mm-hmm. to say that this person confesses his sin. And the blood is is evidence that I confess my sin, and the sin is now there recorded as okay. evidence that I confess my sin. Okay, okay. So all the blood, all the sins that have been confessed, in in form of the blood from the animal, is there inside the sanctuary as evidence that I confess my sin, uh, and my sins are forgiven. Okay, okay. And th- um, I I know you might be uh, familiar with. A story in in Second Samuel, Second Samuel chapter fourteen, where David and Absalom, Absalom is David's son, and Absalom is essentially at that time sort of banished from from the kingdom, and so David's general Joab comes up with a plan to get Absalom back, and so he he gets this woman to come to David with a make believe story. Uh, but it it sounds to David very believable, and she says to David, "You know, I had two sons, and one of my sons killed the other one, and now my relatives want for my son that is alive but guilty to die too, to pay for you know pay for his sin. Um, but if that happens, then I won't have any children left to carry on the the name of my husband, um, and so." she's begging David to please make sure this does not happen. Make sure that, that they don't kill my son. And um, and she says something very interesting. She, she says, you know what, if you do this, then don't take the blame or the guilt upon your throne, upon yourself. Put that blame upon me. Mm. And I- essentially what, what she's pointing at is that if David would somehow circumvent or go around the justice process and say this guy he deserves to die but he's not going to die somehow he would be guilty in some in some way because because he's doing something that you know he's like i said going around the justice process and so somehow in the process of forgiving sins god can't just say okay you deserve death but let's just wipe the slate clean 
there, there, there's there's more complex things that are going on um, and so that's one of the things that's kind of being hinted at in this sanctuary the, the day of atonement um, what you have sin being transferred to the sanctuary and then and then you have sin being transferred to one goat and and then you you have them laying their hands on the other goat as well and there's a lot of things that, that are going on and, and it's it kind of gives you a sense that this whole thing of atonement the whole thing of salvation is actually fairly complex it's it's not just you know a simple thing and and it kind of lets you know this is something that we can really study for a long time and still not understand completely it's something that we we ought to respect um a lot going on to the next question who who does the work of atonement well there's a part that is done by god there's a part that is done by us in the case of israel here there was a part that was done by the priests uh so there's different roles mm -hmm. i as the sinner i come before god the person in, in uh, actually in the day of atonement the whole congregation it was a holy convocation a solemn event they were not to work mm. they were to afflict their souls and present themselves before god for atonement okay and 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 so y you present yourself to god you repent you present your sins to god now god forgives you and he cleanses you so there are different roles so god is the one who actually cleanses he's the one actually who does the atonement but there's also my part as a sinner i come before him and i present my, my myself i accept my guilt but now i ask them to remove it mm -hmm. and he does so so in other words god is not going to do something that you don't want him to exactly. do. exactly okay. i have the free will if i want to just stay i i can say no i don't want to be cleansed mm. i i like my sins i want to remain with it well you have free choice mm -hmm. you can choose that yeah yeah melissa i mean what what wh how does that make you feel knowing that that um well god gives you that freedom of choice you know that's a wonderful thing to know he's not going to force atonement on yeah. me that's something i can choose and like you were saying earlier, it's a complex thing, this work of atonement. And it's a wonderful thing to know that God is the one that atones. Yeah. Um, and that I don't have uh, a complex requirement, okay. set of requirements that I have to do. Um, I can accept that in faith that he is doing this work of atonement in my life. And, um, and although it may appear complex, that he knows the steps yeah to thoroughly cleanse me yeah i really like that idea that you know for for us it's a simple it's a simple choice mm -hmm. and and he takes care of all the complexities that that are involved with it mm -hmm. and as we grow to appreciate it more and as we learn more we yeah every day you you can <laughs> say thank you jesus and you can say it almost like in a new way because you appreciate it even more as you as you learn more f about what Jesus has done for us. And it's so beautiful that well in the day of atonement it is clear that God is making provision that God is 
opening the door of cleansing for all. Mm. If you go, well, you can read in about this uh, in Leviticus 23, Leviticus 16. In Leviticus 16, uh, chapter uh, 16, verses 32 to 34, mm -hmm. it says, And the priest who is anointed and consecrated to ministry as priest in his father's place shall make atonement and put on the linen cloves, cloves the holy garments, then he shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make atonement for the tabernacle of meeting, and for the altar, and he shall make atonement for the priests, and for all the people of the assembly. This shall be an everlasting statute for you to make atonement for the children of Israel, for all their sins, once a year, and he did as the Lord commanded Moses. Hmm. It is interesting to see here, we, you see this progression, atonement for this, for that. It's for all the people. Yeah. It doesn't matter the social class that you belong to. It doesn't matter if you uh, have a lot of knowledge or not, if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you are rich, if you're poor, if you, in, the, in this case, if you are free, if you're a slave. Atonement is for all. Hmm. Mm. And also yes. for the priests. Because the priests are not, you know, uh, above the possibility of sinning. Yeah. So God makes provision and he brings possibility and opportunity of cleansing for all of us. Yeah. And he wants us to come before him and accept that. It doesn't matter who we are. We have the chance of being cleansed. We have the chance of being forgiven. Yeah. Now... Um, on the actual Day of Atonement, and we kind of alluded to this already, but there's there's three parts. There's the purification offering for the priest. There is the purification offering of the goat for the Lord. And then there's the elimination ritual with the live goat for Azazel. Now, let's let's start. Let's go through this, uh, all three parts. Uh, what's the significance of the offering for the priest? Well... The priest is the one who's going to do, um, basically on earth, who's the one who's going to do the cleansing. Okay. Um, but how he's going to cleanse, and he's also not cleansed. Oh, okay, you know? okay. So he first has to make an offering for himself to clean himself yeah. before he attempts to purify mm -hmm. you know, the, rest of the, the, the rest of the people and the sanctuary and everything. So he makes an offering for himself first yeah. to, to purify himself, to atone for himself. And then he takes the Lord's goat and make that another offering, which is for, include himself, include the sanctuary, as it says, the t everything that's in the sanctuary, okay. include the people, the entire camp. So so that offering, so he makes two offerings, one for himself, to make sure that he's clean before he attempts to cleanse anyone. Yeah. And then the next uh, um, offering, which is the large goat, would be uh, for cleansing, for atoning for everybody. Okay. And then now, and, and then now there's the, the 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 scapegoat that we call the Azazel, okay. which is that goat is not sacrificed. Okay, and, and this is why um, we believe, uh, and the church believe that this goat is not Christ. Yeah, because this goat is not sacrificed for for sin. The sin is confessed upon this goat, and he's taken far far into the wilderness, um, out of the sight of everybody. Yeah, so banished. Um, banished he's, yeah, he's banished. Yeah. Uh, a now, matter of fact, not to cut you, but there is, um, there is uh, I think in the in the Mishnah, the Jewish uh, Mishnah, okay. um, the tradition is that this goat was taken far into the wilderness and thrown off the cliff. Oh. Yeah. So some um, 
some people always wonder, you know, what happened to the goat? Is he just taken into the wilderness and left alone mm. for him to come back? Um, but the tradition is, in the Jewish tradition, is that he was thrown off, the goat was thrown off a cliff. Okay, yeah. okay. Now, some people have, have um, had a little bit of an issue with this second goat, the goat for Azazel, or, or in some translations, the, the scapegoat. And because because some people have interpreted that this goat represents Satan. And some people, are immediately they're like, I, I, I don't want to... I don't. I don't want to believe that Satan has any role in my salvation or or anything <laughs> like that. And uh, what what do you say to 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 someone who says, you know, I don't want Satan playing any role in my salvation? Is is this goat playing a salvific role? The, the goat is not playing a salvific role because think about it. Uh, to bring salvation, you need sacrifice. You need death. Okay. And you are not presenting this goat as an offering on the altar as they would do with the sin offering, with the burnt offering, with the trespassing offering. Mm -hmm. You are not offering this goat as a as a burnt offering on the on the altar. It you're not it is not being a representative of Christ because it's been a sacrifice for me. It's not. Okay. Okay. So then um and you know what, too? You were pointing out that some, some traditions have said that the goat is, is thrown off of a cliff. But you notice that the Bible doesn't say what happens to the goat. It just says that he's banished. Yeah. And go ahead. Which is, I was, I was going to a text in John chapter, um, John chapter 12. Yeah. Um, um, verse uh, 31. 31. It says, um, this is Jesus speaking. It says, now is the judgment of this world. Now is the ruler of this world cast out. Yeah. Another word for cast out is banished. Yeah. Uh, and so you see a similar um, term being referred to the scapegoat and the ruler of this world, who Jesus was talking about, is is the, is the devil. Yeah. So just as the scapegoat was taken and banished from the rest of the camp, the mm -hmm. rest of the cattle or the herds or everything, he was taken for whether he's taken into the wilderness and left or whether he's thrown off a cliff he's banished yeah. forever yeah. just as Jesus says um, I see the rule of this world Satan he's cast out and he's banished yeah. in the, at the end of the age when Christ when God comes again Satan will be banished. Mm. He'll be cast out and there'll be no room for him neither on earth or in heaven nowhere. <laughs> it yeah. reminds us that God wants to remove sin from our lives. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's not just Yes, Jesus died for me. Great. But I'll just keep sinning. I, I kind okay. of like it. No. God wants to remove sin from me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it also reminds us of that process because of the scapegoat being banished from the, the congregation because now you are symbolically removing sin mm -hmm. from them. Okay. I think Go it's ahead. also good to note that this goat is not involved in the cleansing process. Okay. The cleansing has already been complete. Um, the offerings have been made in the sanctuary. The blood has been sprinkled on the mm. um, on the altar, on the mercy seat. All of that has been done. The cleansing is complete. The people are cleansed. The sanctuary is cleansed. And then comes this, this goat yeah. and the process of the banishing. It doesn't have a part to play in the cleansing because that's already been completed. Yeah. Okay. I really enjoyed discussing this topic with you. And uh, we're finished, we? yeah, we're done. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're out of time for today. <laughs>
But if you would like to join in on this discussion, you can visit our Facebook page off of the link on our website at www.savaschoolu.org. That's www.savaschool, the letter U, dot org. For Savaschool University, I'm Andrew Campbell, and we'll see you next week.